Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 365. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we join new social media platforms only to secretly hope that they fail. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm not on threads or blue sky or manastana, mananana, or whatever. Um, but give it a minute. I will probably begrudgingly join them. Today, we're going to talk about the Musk Zuck Twitter threads, cage match, and literal cage match. We will also talk about SCOTUS on affirmative action. And finally, the no wash movement. What is it? And do you have to try it? Today, I'm joined. Oh, this panel. Today's panel. Incredible. Incredible panel. So you've heard her on this very show before. I've had the distinct pleasure of being able to see her perform live many times before. And oh, it's always a pleasure. It's always a treat. It's always, um, there's a there's a frisson of excitement within the audience. She now has a new special that you can check out for yourself. It's called Feeling of Emptiness. It's on her YouTube channel. Very easy to check out. You have no excuses. Get in on that frisson of excitement by listening to the one and only Katie Hannigan. Hey, Katie. Hello. Hello. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you, Nagin. Um, it's amazing to see you. My fellow um, Bob wearer <laughs> with our summer, our summer looks here. Summer looks, short hair. We're really doing it. Um, so I also would like to introduce the other panelists on today's show. Now, this is his first time joining the show, though. His reputation precedes him. He is quite hilarious, a comedy writer for The Problem with Jon Stewart, a comedian, an actor, a, just a, a, a talent machine this man is. He is the incomparable Jay Jordan. Hey, Jay. Hello, nice to finally meet via yes. Zoom. This is great. Oh my God, so excited to have you both. Apologies, the studio was booked, but we're really making this work here. Um, and before we get into the show, I want to just remind uh, listeners that if you enjoy this show, perhaps you've been enjoying also Succession Recaps from this very podcast or the Bear Recaps on this very podcast, Um 
you can also get more of what you love by going to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. You get bonus episodes of the show for as little as $4 a month. That's um, an easy and quick way to support the show. Get bonus content. People love the bonus content. Um, and it's uh, it's been delightful over there. So go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to see what all the fuss is about. All right. Let us get into it with topic number one. So everyone is talking about threads. Um, it is a social media platform. Bleh, and it looks <laughs> a lot like Twitter. It's a it's text-based posts, etc. People can have real-time conversations, that whole thing. Right now they're not doing hashtags, but I guess that's coming, whatever. Um and after its launch, it quickly became the most rapidly downloaded app. Ever. Uh, I can give you guys some more info about it, but Fred for Splash, are you one of the gajillion Americans that have joined the Threads phenomenon? 100%. Oh, I am a sheep. I'm naive. <laughs> I fall for everything. Put that nano chip in me. I don't care. I don't care. I downloaded it the day, what, July 6th? The day I knew I could. <laughs> Where Katie, where are you on she- sheepliness? I have I have a very I have a very regular pattern with new social media apps. I join it, I feel excited for a day. The second day I feel overwhelmed and then I do not go back on. I go back on years later when I realize that that could have really helped my career. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because also, did you guys have a moment where, like, remember when Be Real was having a moment? Oh. Um, And I believe we talked about it on this show because it's, like, sort of the antisocial platform. And for a second I was like, oh, fuck, do I have to join Be Real? Like, or what was that one that was all audio and, like, Clubhouse or something? Yes, the Clubhouse. And I don't even know what's happening with Clubhouse. House, if it still exists, we were fractured. Clubhouse came about because of the pandemic, and right. people just wanted to have like a talkie space where they could like kind of do this, where they could like do a podcast just for free but, right. for kicks, <laughs> just by themselves. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, like have a conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. I found Clubhouse so stressful. It was. They should have been. They should have called it like waiting for my turn to speak. You know? It wasn't like. <laughs> You're not listening, you're not interested, you're just like, and I have something to add. Katie, that is a good point because there is the element of Clubhouse and Twitter spaces where there's this weird control element for the people who host it where they can mute you and they can like promote you to speak. So it was a power trip for some people. Yeah. Um, uh, First of all, Katie, I love your trajectory with new social media apps, which is that you join um, have uh, enthusiasm for a day and then fear and dread for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because my particular trajectory with these things... Now, uh, so unlike Jay, who just immediately did his job as a comedian, by the way, I feel like we're obligated under federal law to join every social media platform. Of course, um, yes. And until the Supreme Court says otherwise, I have to just do my legal duties... <laughs> And I feel like this, the news came, I did not join. And then I was like, look, Nagin, you got to be a good podcaster. If you're going to talk about it, you really need to join to see what, what the action's all about. And I just fucking couldn't do it. Um, I'm on, I did for the listeners to know, because I don't want to lose any of my, if I ever had street cred as being a good podcaster, (laughs) which jury is still out. But if I ever did have that, I did do a lot of reading about it. And I, I'm on a a couple of threads where other users are telling me their thoughts. So I got a lot of feedback about this. Um, here's a couple of more details about it. Threads is going to have a 500 character limit, which I think blows Twitter out of the water by a couple hundred characters or something. The app also blends Instagram's existing aesthetic and navigation system. So you can share posts directly from Instagram. So it's kind of just like an outgrowth of Instagram. And then the reason why people like sheep like Jay, just mindless (laughs) people like Jay. Let me tell Um, people were already screaming. Screenshotting <laughs> tweets to put on Instagram. Their entire Instagram accounts that are just it's screenshots of tweets. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason why it's sort of became such a phenomenon is because 
Instagram already has the user base and they made it easy for you to just transport over. If you're verified, it's you just that check mark carries over. You're not rebuilding. You know what I mean? You're just sort of like it's an enhancement to your Instagram life. Um uh, the, Although I will say mm-hmm. that that makes it kind of actually less appealing for somebody like me. I don't have a huge Instagram following. So it's like now you're now I'm just kind of like threading into the void, you know. <laughs> what <a> re- <laughs> so what is, is your, anybody what is your ideal? Would, would your ideal be to just let's for like Twitter to just go back to how it was? Like, what is your ideal for a person like you? I, I mean, for me, Twitter, despite the fact that it's just totally raunchy and strange now with Elon Musk and everything, like I do at least have my my Twitter space is like very curated. So it's like I follow comedians. I follow like liberal journalists and I follow like scientists. So I when I go on my thread, I'm like, okay, like, or you know, my feed, it's like news, interesting things. You know, I, I'm on threads. I'm like, this is chaos. I don't know who this is. Right. It's kind right. of like very the early days of Twitter where people are like, I had a sandwich. It's like, that's not, you don't put that in the world. Right. No one cares about your milkshake. Well, and the thing is, it's like Instagram has 2 billion global active users. Um, and, you know, Twitter's active user base was around 250 million. And it's interesting because Mark Zuckerberg said something like, you know, the war, like the world deserves a place where 1 billion people can have active conversations or something. And I was like, does, does the world, I mean, I have active conversations every day. I'm around human beings. Like that's, can we just like not act like people don't have active conversations unless they're fucking on a social media platform? No, it's like the false altruism so they don't get sued. Okay. (laughs) This is for fun. I feel like now I'm turning the corner because I just thought about how bad threads could be. You know how you know threads is going to be bad? Have you ever read Instagram comments? That's these are the people who are also threading. So of course it's just someone being like, I pooped today. Anyone else? And you're like, oh my God, we're here already. It's you yes. Yeah. I don't want to have an active conversation with the man who's telling me that I'm stupid for not having children. <laughs> I don't want to invite him into my space. You know, it's interesting, Jay, that you mentioned like these are the people on Instagram that are gonna be on threads because Instagram has a reputation. Now, I wonder where the reputation is now. This is my question for you, Jay. Like, you mentioned these are the people on Threads. I feel like in recent, you know, in in the last year, the the posts that the the comments I get on Instagram, you know, there's posts from people who actually like like or tolerate me as a human being, and those those comments are you know generally good or whatever. You know, I don't need it's not like I need people to tell me good mm-hmm. things all the time, but like they're just not mean. But like you know, you know, I'm sure the three of us post a lot of stand up and you know, there'll be regular posts of, like, people engaging in the content, but then there'll just be posts of, like, is this bitch even funny or whatever, right? And, like, that stuff, which I kind of was like, oh, I thought we weren't doing that on Instagram, but we're definitely doing that on Instagram. Well, it's reels. Yeah, it's like the the kind of pivot to video format of Instagram because a lot of times, truly for the, up until the, the, what, past year and a half, maybe two years, it was mostly just pictures of things. And when people see a picture, they're like, that looks like a great vacation. Or they'll just yeah. be like, you, you're yeah. really filling out that bathing suit. And even that was at least positive. Right, now, right, 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 right. What I think people have kind of turned it into the YouTube comment section, particularly yes. when non-straight, non-white, non-male people do stand up. Sometimes you'll just be like, I know, th- I know they're coming. It's like, it's so odd to see that on Instagram because Instagram wasn't that. And the minute you introduce and kind of video. like prioritize a video component of Instagram, of course it's going to become that. Yeah. A grossness descends when you, when you introduce <laughs> video and it yeah. just can't help itself. Katie, you were going to say? I, I almost feel like it's part of the appeal that, you know, Facebook is kind of offering this. Like if you are an angry person <laughs> and you want to actively <laughs> abuse people who are in the arts, like have at it, like hate your boss and you don't want to say anything. Why don't you tell a woman that she's ugly? <laughs> You know, it's just 
I think like people really it really fills some kind of void that angry people have to just get on right. to, you know like so you're maybe, not doing anything with or, your life these these people they can't afford therapy so this is this is their, this ther- is their yeah. session I don't know Katie watching- as a, right is like as a public service Katie I'm almost like if you need to tell me that I'm a dumb bitch on my reels comments but you then don't go do something toxic to someone else, uh, I'll provide that public service. You know what I mean? I don't love it. I don't love it. But if it's really going to help you. (laughs) Y'all deserve rewards. No, don't do that. (laughs) Don't let these tiny dicked imbeciles fucking. No, 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 no. And and these are the same people. Oh, my God. This is what I love about it. Because they always tell themselves. Because these are the same people that when threads happen and people were like, oh, Zuckerberg's kind of crushing it. Some people who are kind of in that weird liminal space between Twitter, Instagram, and now threads. They're like, well, I mean, like, Elon's Elon's not the worst, right? And everyone's like, no, he's he's a piece of shit. Did you think we were going to be nice to him <laughs> on this competition app to Twitter? Did you think we were going to say nice things about him here? It, Twitter went down today, and people yeah. on threads were like, yeah, it's fucked up over there <laughs> like just pointing to a house that's on fire like can you believe right, people right. live there it's hilarious i and speaking of tiny dicked people let us talk about elon and mark um who literally elon said i think in the last couple of days something about a literal dick measuring contest which <laughs> no between the two of them between the, is, which is what elon musk is moments away from having his own reality show oh and I God. will celebrate it and I will watch the garbage fire that it will be. I mean, he probably, he might want the the revenue flow from a reality <laughs> show because Twitter is doing so poorly. Right? It's so weird to see him st- still want to try to be funny when we've seen him fail at it very publicly twice. Yeah. If, if he, he could have died the guy who was obsessed with electrical cars. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they blew up. Yeah, sometimes they ran over pedestrians. But the only thing that this man dedicated his life to was making sure everyone had access to an electrical vehicle. He would have died good neutral. That's how he would have died. Yeah, yeah. His legacy would have been... They would. We would have been like a grand, a grand legacy, and now he's definitely besmirching it. We could have. We just been like. (laughs) So he had PayPal money from emeralds, and now he makes car. Okay, cool. I get. But he just continues to ruin it by being like, "Isn't it cool that I hate my trans child? Isn't that cool?" Uh, isn't cis isn't cisgender a slur like what the fuck yeah he's obsessed with celebrity culture it's like it's actually kind of vile you know like going to the met gala and parading himself and parading you know parading the fact that like smoking pot on joe rogan it's like you want people to like think that you're really cool and it's just gross in and so in a weird it's so interesting for mark zuckerberg to feel like the zen kind of stable person in this scenario like (laughs) you know like the the, like the like protagonist you're rooting for it's like i it's so interesting and and what a great pr move for for mark zuckerberg yeah it's wild because you know what it really feels like we're all in a classroom all of us and the two weird kids are fighting yeah. And we 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 can't do anything. We were promised a movie and a pizza party, but they keep fighting and yeah. stopping us from being able to watch Remember the Titans and eat cold pepperoni pizza. It's weird. And now we're rooting for one of them. He posted a shirtless pic yesterday, and there are so many gay which men. Way? I'm which, not gonna, one, which one posted Mark a shirtless Mark Zuckerberg posted a shirtless pic yesterday, and I'm not going to shame all of the gay men on my Twitter who said that they were thinking thoughts about Mark Zuckerberg. But you know who you are. No. Stop that. <laughs> you don't have to eat this way. You don't have to live like this this okay mm-hmm. there are t- there's actual porn on there don't do that don't my, do that my mom yeah. told me that like in the 80s she could make the argument for donald trump being attractive and i was like 
what do we, what? Like, I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I am not, we're not, you know what? You got to go back to Iran. We're not doing, you know, like we're not. You You're going back to Iran. Do you see um, what you just did? <laughs> no. All right, folks, um, listeners of Fake the Nation, are you on threads? Should I just fucking join it like and take the five minutes i just oh god because oh this is the last thing i wanted to say was remember how google plus dominated the world oh, oh wait it totally didn't we I, could all immediately join account yes I everyone I, fucking had a google oh, plus account because everyone had gmail I still do do i <laughs> Oh, I think they deleted yeah. it from the world. I think they deleted it from yeah, the world. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. I mean, from you my six create... posts are uh, really yeah. sadly missed by the public. You, it's like you can only create so much content. So it's like every social media app is now, it's just the same thing, which is like the one thing you thought of that day yeah. and a hot photo that you recently took. Yeah, yeah. What, and it, and that's what it should be. It out. There should be a policing system that says, give me your brain stuff. And give me the outside. That's it. Cut it off. Shut it down. Two posts. Two posts. And then go to sleep. Yeah. You two, take a nap. Two posts a day? Yeah. The yeah. two. The, the yin and the yang. Oh, you the get, yin and the yang. Oh, I see oh, what you oh, mean. Yeah, I, I like see that. what you mean. I like you that. And on a body. Yeah. Okay. Which, By the way, the, the, I, I would like to make the case to everyone for the the Instagram of your, where it was pictures of what you're seeing, not pictures of what you look like. Oh, Ooh. yes, I would love that. Because I thought yeah. that was way more interesting. I actually, I mean, as someone who also does post pictures of fucking myself, like uh, as a professional, um, begrudgingly sometimes, but it seems like just like everyone has to um, in the in the business. Um, but mm-hmm. I used to just enjoy being like someone being like, oh, I saw this lilac. And I'm like, you know what? That's a fucking beautiful lilac. You know, like that's, yes. I don't need to fucking see your face. You know I know what? what you look like. Snarky culture yeah. took that away from us. Yeah. Because yes. now if someone does that, you'll be like, oh, why are you Instagramming like a mom? Because they're happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll say like, I love, I love like a, a vacation slideshow. Oh. I want, I want to see, I want to live through your vacation. Yeah. I want to pretend that I'm there with you. Yes, like I, I can see that. I argument. love those. Yeah. See, but they never do well. They never yeah, do they never well. Do and well everything's about how someone's like, performing. And that's why yeah. all of this is incredibly inauthentic. All right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> are you on threads? Should I join? What do you think? Um, by the way, I don't think that cage match is happening. I don't know. We'll keep you posted on if the oh actual cage match is ha- going to happen. Mar- apparently, Elon Musk's mother stepped in and was like, this cage match is not happening. So let's see. We will keep you posted. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue to discuss, in fact, more important things. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ah. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we are back and we're ready to launch into topic number two. So uh, while we were gone on vacay last week, the Supreme Court ruled that institutions like universities cannot use race as a factor in the admissions process. They cited the 14th Amendment, which prohibits discrimination based on race. Uh, this is, by the way, popularly regarded, uh, probably referred to as affirmative action. Um, and here's something that's interesting to me. The opinion is actually in line with popular opinion as most Americans oppose race as a consideration, race or ethnicity as a consideration in college admissions, even in a place that's as liberal as California, the public voted twice to prohibit affirmative action. So um, now, Jay, I happen to notice that you are a black man, I believe. Yes, yes. Is that yes. accurate? Okay. Yes. Um, what was your, uh, just? can you go ahead and speak for the entire <laughs> black community All right, and let so. me know your thoughts on this Supreme Court decision? When when I, when I got off of the phone with Clarence, I called yeah. him Clarence. Um, <laughs> the first thing I said was, good job. No, now, <laughs> wow. It's such a weird combination of things that could only truly happen in America because we have these four different sort of like factors that lead to this. We have college being inaccessible. We have people understanding that there has been a history of discrimination in this country on top of that. But then we also have this weird pitting of East Asian Americans against, against yeah. black people at collegiate institutions for the benefit of white legacy students. So we have people thinking that their spots unquote unquote are being taken by undesirables i.e black and brown people because now and this is this is where it gets like a very case by case and super specific and weird now some institutions specifically in california have and other uh, and on ivy league campuses on the east coast too have enough asian american students that for that to be a minority on campus would necessarily not be minority on a technicality when it comes to the racial makeup of the school. So we have all these contributing factors that are starting to make it hard for people to, and pun woefully unintended, see this as a black and white thing. Like it starts to get extremely <laughs> complex. Yeah, and right. I, yeah. I hate that now we've just fully said, all right, we'll never consider race because will schools get wider? Probably. Will like will incoming classes be as diverse as they were previously? Probably not. And now legacy admission isn't taken in cons into consideration. So it's like this weird sort of like they want it to be a band-aid for a different problem, but it creates another problem. It's just so short-sighted and stupid, in my opinion. Katie? Um, well, as also a black male, um, <laughs> I will, I like to put in my two cents. Well, I think, I mean, I just, I just can't understand how it's constitutional to have the legacy admissions. Right. Which I is just now going to be. I can't wrap my mind right. around it. You know, I think that like a lot of the reason that people oppose, um, the, uh, the affirmative action is because they think for some reason that people are being given a spot without being without being deserving of it. And that's not the case. I mean, the case is the people that are getting the legacy admissions are the ones who are given the space without being deserving. So, I mean, I just I just agree with Jay. I think it's so convoluted and it's so you know what everything that happens with the Supreme Court now is just frustrating and upsetting, you know, with the. Um, the gay rights and the cake, you know, doing the and, bakery and, and the website. And that website, was a hypothetical like, cake, right? Didn't it come out that that was a fictional man that the person created? 
Like they, yeah, the website, they the website was hypothetical. Yeah. The website. Yeah. It's like talk about, you know, the website design, um, unintelligent design. That was my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good tweet. But yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I, I it's, it's it's hard to even say anything. It's like it's just embarrassing. It's sad. I think that, you know, nobody really should even go to college anymore at this point. You're just going for communications when you're going to have to work <laughs> in I.T. So it's like. Let's just scrap the whole thing. You don't want to be in debt forever. So, you know, unless you're going to be a doctor or a scientist, just don't worry about it. Okay. Now, I so I want to just point out a couple of specific things here. You can still write in your application uh, your race. Uh, you can still write it in the uh, about it in your essay. Ooh. So there are places where race can still like play a role, right? It just can't be like the de- determining role. Um, and then, and here's just another little detail from the case. So to my, you know, um, Sonia Sotomayor said in her um, dissenting ruling, uh, she said this ruling from her dissenting comments, um, this ruling cements a superficial rule of colorblindness as a constitutional principle in an endemically segregated society where race has always mattered and continues to matter, which is a little bit what Jay was saying, but I got to be honest, she said it better. Yeah. Um, very yeah. concise. Very I'm concise. Not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Justice Sotomayor, yeah, she's pretty yeah. good at, at the yeah. words and At stuff. the words, yeah. Um, now, okay, now here's something that I think like so one of my uh, I, I just saw over the holidays um, one of my best friends who also happens to be black and then um, my husband also happens to be black so um, so we've talked we talked about this stuff um, a bunch and I was you know I read a couple of pieces that gave me a really kind of silver lining on the possibilities which if you look at a school like UC Davis UC Davis um, has a really pretty decent record of diversity, especially so it's met the and, and the piece I read centered on the medical school. In its most recent entering class of 133 students, 14% were black. Um, I think the national average is like 13%. Yeah, and um, that's the crazy and- part. That's that's what that's, that's, you want it to be. Right. That's what you, so, but this is in UC Davis that does not use affirmative action. They use something called the adversity scale. Um, so, so the 14% were black, 30% were Hispanic. Again, these are, no, these are numbers that are not matching the national average. Nationally, 10% of medical school students were black and 12% were Hispanic. Um, and again, you're looking like, especially when look, when you're looking at that Hispanic population, like that's so below the national average of the Hispanic population. Um, a vast majority of the UC Davis class, 84% come from a disadvantaged background. 42% are the first in their family to go to college. And their scale by which they, so again, affirmative action has been banned in California, right? For a minute now, like we haven't had it. So the numbers we're looking at here are like a case study for our possible future, which is why I'm talking about silver linings here. Um, yes. Like yes. not possible silver linings. Obviously, there's like a thousand ways to fuck this up. One of the things that we definitely do need to do, and you mentioned this, Katie, is we need to get rid of legacy because obviously that is directly taking spots away from, you know, the possibility of making this um, more equitable. But the UC Davis scale has eight categories and they they basically give each candidate an adversity score. Um, so... Um, and, and that's how they like figure it out. Students from underrepresented groups grew to 15.3% from 10%. That's before they had instituted the diverse, the adversity score. Um, and at the same time, this, here's the thing that like the, the Harvards of the world always talk about. They talk about, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to tolerate a reduction in test scores because we're letting in. Um, more the riffraff. The riffraff. The, the, disgu- <laughs> the disgusting riffraff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, t- this is what happened at UC Davis. Scores from the MCAT, which is the standardized test that, that people, it's like the SAT, but for medical school, they dropped only marginally. And if you look at what the, so if, right now, if Harvard were to sort of institute this um, 
it would they would have to maybe go from a 99 percentile SAT score to a 98 percentile SAT score, which as an arbiter of the entire educational system and the foremost <laughs> expert, I'm going to say is not a big deal. It's not enough of a marginal change to complain about it. You know what I mean? Are you guys with me on yeah. this? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Or are you guys fucking dicks? That's my, no. lead, my leading question. <laughs> what if we're like, no, no. I'm 100% with anything. you. I'm 100%. I mean, Harvard just has such, you know, Harvard, Yale, all of these schools, they have that name recognition, but it just seems like it would impact their reputation more to know that like, if you go to school there, maybe you'll be able to drop name drop Harvard, but you know, now what's their reputation? It's, you know, becoming like, oh, it's just a whitewashed campus because oh, yeah, it's just like, legacy oh, people. I got into Harvard, like- but I'm going to go into this community school because Harvard went from 99 percentile <laughs> to 98 on the SAT. So yeah. they basically mean nothing. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and that's like the kind of talk and numbers that limited. That's the kind of talk that people at these like institutions in the higher echelons that's exactly what they're scared of. They're scared of someone being like, well, it's not really what it used to be. And when people say stuff like that, yes, there's an implication that it maybe it's tied to like test scores, but sometimes they're definitely talking about having too many black and brown people on campus. And like, yeah. it's this weird combination of both race, socioeconomic class, and like, I I guess, for lack of a better word, like being prepared for the school, like no black person who who gets into Harvard or is pursued by Harvard or any of the Ivies is unprepared for that institution academically. Culturally, there might be a bit of a shift in the shock. But like no one who's taking AP courses, doing tons of extracurriculars, model you in and shit is unprepared for freshman seminar courses. I promise you. I mean, um, would you, so if, if they, let's say Harvard were to take on something like an adversity score, like they do at UC Davis, knowing that, that, that affirmative action is now, um, illegal, um, what would you feel better about the situation? I mean, is it really now in their hands to like make this right? Like, we'll have some sort of um, some sort of measure in place for equity to make sure that yeah. it is equitable, to make sure that they're not regressing too much. Because the argument, the argument is that white and East Asian students were not getting into these institutions and those were the people who were bringing the cases forward. So if those people now still don't get in those institutions because a whole new set of rigors have been put into place, then then good, good. Yeah. Because yeah. you tested your theory, you got the, you had a hypothesis, you experimented, came to conclusion. Katie? Yeah. Well, I also think, you know, it's like we were saying, like part of the reason people want to go to Harvard is to connect with people whose families are in the Illuminati. And if they (laughs) allow everyone in there, then it's like, you know, you're not going to meet um, you know, like who, whomever's son right, fall which in is, love with him and start a family together. Right, um, which is why, so, they're, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, which is why they, the, the, I don't know, to be honest, I can't even understand the stated reason how you can argue for legacy. But mm-hmm. in sort of maintaining a, the sort of elite community that surrounds the school, that's like the the argument for retaining legacy. And I will say, like, look, it. this is a – I mean, I'll just say it sounds nice, I guess, to be like, oh, generations of my family went to this school. Like, I would love for my daughter to go to the schools I went to. That sounds nice. Um, but mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. love to also think that I have the moral and ethical fortitude to not – utilize any connections at all whatsoever when it comes time for her to apply those schools. I would love to think that I am like that person, right? But like, yeah, when push comes to shove, I'm not sure. When you're a parent, you, you just start doing crazy things because you yeah. want to fucking do right by your children, which is why like that one woman got caught in a thing and went to jail, that actor, uh, Felicity, oh, F- Felicity Felicia, Huffman and, Felicity and Huffman. Becky. Right. And, and Lori Love. <laughs> 
Lori yeah, Loughlin. Lori Loughlin, exactly. You're just well, like, I, I think- guess I'm in jail now because I just like fucking did a thing I I knew it was wrong, but I love well, my kid okay. and I want her well, to have the thing. Okay, they did something that's a bit more than my oh, yeah, daughter's yeah. a legacy she should yeah. get in. They lied about their daughters soccer, playing sports. The soccer. <laughs> yes. Well, I think, I think and I hope that like as we continue to evolve the social consciousness, at least on the left side, it will become actually important for students to go to a school that has diversity, you know, yeah. especially for white students, they'll want to go to a university. And I mean, we do even uh, ostensibly have that now. Of course, there's like the showboating of like the cla- that classic joke of like the college brochure where mm-hmm. it's like um, a, a mixed race person, then a person from right. over here, a person from over there, a person with Native American heritage, and then you there with your new friends, you know, your <laughs> new podcast, like recording, you know, so like. I don't remember thinking that that was important when I went to school, but I do remember being in a school that was like majority white and and kind of wishing that I had looked into it more because it felt, you know, and I had friends who were of minorities at my college and them saying, you know, it's like it's weird for us to be here because we're like. Basically, I'm here on a scholarship because I'm the only, you know, the only Asian person, like even in this program. And so I think if I had had, you know, more like more social awareness, it would it would have been something that I would have looked for. Yeah, I also although I only applied to two. So and and I would also (laughs) say um, to give myself the last word in closing um, (laughs) that um, if if we're worried, like I love the idea of really aggressively looking at class as a metric to see if that can have an impact on race, if race is now something we're not allowed to look at. Um, And I love, and if it comes to lowering standard test scores, standardized test scores, to be able to do that, and the and the drop is so marginal from 99 to 98 percentile, i.e., um, I would say to Harvard, because as we know, that entire school listens to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I would say to Harvard, you guys, give it a few years and those test scores will actually correct themselves because you'd be changing the pipeline, mm-hmm. right? So you need give it like a, like a half a generation and you'll start to see those test scores inch back up. And then you'll not only be super elite, but you'll go back to being unbearably super elite. And so <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? We're all going to be fine. Let's just start looking at different metrics. Let's obviously get rid of legacy. So I'm not tempted when my daughter's of age. Um, let's do all of that. Okay. All right. Every, but, everyone oh, yeah. that, that went to Harvard, though, currently uh, for the past like three years, this is how they say they went to Harvard. Well, I went to school in Massachusetts. But I know. I mean, like they're all yeah. very like. It's yeah. either that or there's a couple <laughs> of there's a yes there's a couple or they of comedians are wearing the shirt. Uh, that have. They mention yeah. it within yeah. the first two sentences of whatever you're talking about. Yeah, you're like, like talking about hamburgers, and <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, "Oh my god, there's this great hamburger at Harvard where I <laughs> oh went god. to school." And you're like, "Fuck <laughs> me!" Yeah, Our so it's one of two types. Ask you that. <laughs> All right, folks, let us move on to topic number three. Um, are you ready for it? There is something called the no wash movement, which is basically uh, saving the environment and saving money by washing your clothes less. Uh, we read an article about this in The Guardian, and it started with a guy who'd been doing less washing during the pandemic, and then he had a kid and felt overwhelmed and decided to cut even more laundry out of his schedule. And then he went a full year without washing his clothes in a machine, I would like you to react. I I read this and I know I was just immediate fury, anger. Um, I noticed that a lot of the people on the no washing movement are straight men not to profile <laughs> but i am connecting the dots here yeah weird sort of accident where it's like it yeah. just happens but a lot yeah, of these so it's like, straight dudes so who's doing the linens in your home because it's your wife right like your wife isn't going to let you sleep in bed sheets for a full year because that's not that's not hygienic. She's not going to let you use the same towel. Like that's how you get scabies. Well, also, like, I'm not a doctor, but okay, we've all done the tiniest version of this. This okay, this concept is not completely alien. We've all been like, is this shirt yeah. okay? I get one more yeah. day with this shirt. Yeah. 
Yes. But we're talking about taking this to an extreme and then being like, no, no, no. It's because I care about the earth. Shut the fuck up. No, You're you don't. lying. No, you don't. You care yeah, about there's... the earth? Not after three days, you don't. There's plenty of other things that you can do to be environmentally conscious. Like I, I wash my clothes maybe once every other week. I always use cold water and I use like organic soap and I use like the dish soap bar. Yeah. You know, like I'm still cleaning. I'm still putting, you know. It's, yeah, I just found it to be a, a, a covering something else. And it was like is, socks and underwear too. Once again, these there's there's some garments that aren't really touching your body enough that you're like, okay, you know, I get. But like socks and underwear, and then I not watching bad. the kids' clothes. Yeah, what? I feel bad for the wife. Like my husband just wears sandals now. It's yeah, for the earth. That was no, it's not. that get one was out. really upsetting. That he basically. <laughs> Uh, that that was one of his main ways of cutting down was wearing no socks and sandals, including during the months of winter. Yeah, and you know his foot doesn't look good. Yeah, he's lazy. He's not getting a he's man. too lazy not to take care of his toenails. And he said you can basically get underwear to. La- By the way, this guy's British. He's can we liar. just also this liar. guy? This guy's British. Mm-hmm. I just want to go p- mm-hmm. put country blame where country bra- blame exists. Um, yes. He said that you can get pants to last a week. By the way, love our British listeners. Okay, for the record. Um, he said you can get pants to last a week. Um, and, um, and 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 the interviewer asked him, how do you get a week's worth of wear? Pants, by, by that I mean underwear, because that's what they say. They say they call them pants. And, and the interviewer asked, like, basically, how do you wear underwear for a week? Like, how do you make them last for a week? And he said... You just you just have to have very low standards was his answer. Um, yeah, and not a vagina also. I mean. This is, that's a wild, that's a wild. You know, you know those underwear were standing up straight. Those underwear, <laughs> this is disgusting. Oh, God, that makes me good. But Well, I will say, this- I will say that like, so my Iranian family would come to America and and stay with us for long periods. And they do get like wash clothes less because the idea is to make a piece of clothing last forever, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, Mm -hmm. and I totally like, uh, there are dresses and stuff like that, like uh, special, uh, like outfits that are like very outfitty that I, that require dry clean or whatever, like, and I, and I want them to last forever. They're like special. Those are actually things that like, I do not wash every time we, I wear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Absolutely. you're not washing a suit, right? Every time no. you wear your suit. No, there you no, go. no. That's why and that's the craziness of too. this. Yeah. He's, he's taking something that we are, the no wash that movement. That we already do. We already yeah. do. Yeah. 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 To varying degrees for a number of cases. Yeah. Why are you bringing Underwear for a week into this. Hmm? Yeah. Yes. What's yes. going Why are you giving up socks for this? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do a load every single day. And it did seem like there were people operating on the other extremes of that, which is totally foreign to me as someone who's not had a washing machine in their home for my entire young adult life, you know? Yeah. Of course, you wouldn't be running running a load every single day. Although I will say, like I, you know, I'm in workout culture. I am involved in it, and you better not be wearing that sports bra for too many days <laughs> yeah. because you're, that's off. But also, you know, the the great Kendra Cunningham comedian who has been on this show has Love a joke her. about like her boo. <laughs> I'm not. Get, you should look up that. Maybe this joke is on YouTube. Either way, you should you should follow everything Kendra Cunningham does because she's hilarious. But she has her joke about where. Wearing a, um, a bra too long and then her, her boobs started to itch and she went to the doctor and the doctor was like <laughs> the doctor's like have you washed your bra <laughs> and she like had this just just shock of realization that she had not washed this bra in a no. long time and um it's 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 she does she does it much better it's a hilarious bit and um but it's like yeah you you have to do, wash these things you end up getting skin conditions and then the other thing is i remember a friend of mine had bed bugs shout out to everyone mm-hmm. who's dealt with bed oh. bugs and she was saying and she told me this thing and it put the fear of of the lord in me which was you should be washing your sheets all the time because the skin particles that come off onto your sheet are what those bu- bed bugs eat. And if, if there aren't enough for them to eat, then they like don't th- 
thrive, you know? So wash yeah, your sheets I mean, all the time. And yeah. I was like, I mean, mm. that's a fantastic reminder that I should wash them probably more than I do. It's just, yeah. we're yeah. already, the, the thing that is so frustrating about a no wash movement is like, we all are being like, okay, well, this is a case that makes sense. Right. This is this, but like when you start, when you want an article written about this new thing that you're on and this new thing is just you wallowing in your own filth because <laughs> you're bathing most of these days, but you're putting the clothes on that you've sweat in, you're putting them back on your freshly washed body. They're just parts of it that make me go, you don't even, you don't buy this. You can't, it doesn't add up. It's it's doing it from a point of saying like this false sense of altruism, like I'm saving the planet. Like there are so many other things that you could do. And if you are buying more and more clothes, probably contributing to the fast fashion industry so you don't have to then wash those clothes it's like there are so many things that you could do i mean get an electric car also i do think if someone wanted to stake their claim on washing on cold because that is a very like excessive american thing to do is wash your clothes absolutely like that's actually i remember oh yeah living in france which i've probably mentioned before but i've lived (laughs) and when i lived in france like they don't actually like washing on hot is not extremely common like it's not something that you do all the time also they have like really small laundry machines everything's much smaller like you know you are doing just generally less laundry um, and you're also just doing it on cold. And I think I think you're right, Jay. It's like, we've been doing this, and now you decided to name it? Like, get yeah. out of here. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, washing on cold is the way to go. It's also better for your clothes. Better for your clothes. You're not going to ruin anything on hot. It, I mean, on It cold. retains the color better as well, so you know. Well, folks, I want you to weigh in. Are you a part of the no-wash movement, or are you part of Jay's movement, which is this is a dumb thing that d- yeah. didn't re- require to be named? <laughs> Um, What movement are you in? Hit me up on threads. Kidding, I'm not on threads. (laughs) All right. That is the end of the show. Oh, my God. The two of you are such an utter fucking delight. What a gift to be able to chat with the two of you about wide-ranging topics that affect America today. Um, I would love for the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Katie Hannigan, where do they do that? I am at Katie Hannigan again forever on instagram and threads also i think (laughs) and um and i am on youtube at katie hannigan forever as well so please check out my special and i also have a podcast called lady journey excuse me that's my birth control alarm (laughs) (laughs) yes that's a great plug for the special by the way (laughs) um uh, don't forget to take your birth control and don't forget to watch katie's new special it's you're going to love it i promise you that um she is always so hilarious Jay Jordan, where uh, can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all social media, just at Jay Jordan, J-A-Y-J-U-R-D-E-N. Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky. There's no one there. It's just me. It's just (laughs) me by myself on Blue Sky. Um, Also, I'm on tour this summer. If you go to any of those social media accounts, you click my link tree. You can find tickets for the tour I'm on this summer, which is called the kind of sort of sort of kind of tour. Because I'm kind of sort of sort of kind of on tour, but not really. No, yeah. (laughs) How many tours like that have I done? So many. (laughs) Um, Folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. But what I would really love to do is thank the wonderful people who make this show a possibility. That's our phenomenal producer, Andrew McGuire. Thanks so much to Gabby for our theme music. Thanks so much to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a possibility. Um, if you have any ideas or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us to, at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to support the show by going to patreon.com slash Farsad, and we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.